Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We have been making a a slow walk, I suppose you could say, through that Good Shepherd Psalm of the Old Testament, Psalm 23. And as we've done that, we've focused again, reconsidered all of the blessings that we have as the sheep of our Good Shepherd. Today, King David reminds us that we are never alone because our Lord is our constant companion. We'll look today at Psalm 23, verses 4 and 5. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Let me ask you a question this morning. I want you to think back one year. Okay, one year ago today, so March 21st, 2020, Where were you? Would you agree that most times if somebody asks you exactly where you were a year ago, you might not be able to come up with an answer? But I bet you can today. Because one year ago, we were all at home, flattening the curve. Remember those days, right? And now here we are one year later, coronavirus, COVID-19, one year later. Here's what I'd love for you to do just for a few moments this morning. I want you just to think. I want you to reflect about everything that you've gone through, everything that you've faced, all the things that have gone on in your life in the last year. I'm going to give you just a couple of moments of silence to do that. All right, go ahead. What words came to your mind? What thoughts flooded into your mind? mind as you thought about the last year. Maybe some of the frustration of life being completely changed. Maybe some of the complaints that you can remember coming from your own lips as I can remember those complaints from mine. Maybe it's been worse for some in here. Maybe you yourself have dealt with the effects of the coronavirus in your own life, your own sickness. Maybe in the sickness of a loved one. Maybe you even have someone close to you whose life was taken by coronavirus. Or maybe things have just changed with how you work. You don't even remember what it's like to go to the office anymore. Or or maybe if you're a student, you have no idea what it's like to attend an in-person class. Lots of changes over the last year, right? And I suppose we could make the argument that if you look through the period of history, to call the last year dark days maybe doesn't, quite measure up to some of the darkest days in history. But isn't it fair to say the struggles that we've gone through the last year still qualify as the dark valleys that David is speaking about in Psalm 23? The frustrations, the change of life, the difficulties that we've had to go through, yeah, there's some darkness that's involved there. And that's why David writes the words that he does. And that's why David's words here in Psalm 23 are for you and for me today. Because David reminds us that at not one point, at not one point in the entire year last year were you abandoned. At not one point did God ever forget about you or did he ever leave you or forsake you. Because your Lord is your companion. That's the truth we want to take from Psalm 23 today. That as our good shepherd, Jesus is our companion. He's our companion first by 
guiding us through those dark times, the dark valleys, and then by giving us victory over the enemy. King David says, even though I walk through dark valleys, maybe it's not a pleasant thought to consider today, but if we're realistic, we know that these aren't the last dark valleys we'll ever go through. Most of us will face darker valleys, more difficulty in our life ahead. And we know how frustrating those dark times can be. There's many of you that are sitting in here that, have, that are saying to yourself, I've been through a lot of darkness in my life already. But David wants to remind us what's on the other side of that dark valley. Maybe you remember that in other translations it actually says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's probably a more literal translation of the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is actually two smaller Hebrew words combined into one. I suppose you could call it a Hebrew mashup. They take two words and they make one thought and the two Hebrew words literally mean death shadow. It can feel that way sometimes, can it? That death is sort of just lurking behind us, right over our shoulder, um, trying to make life miserable for us, turning the darkness up. We know why. We know that we have enemies. Peter wrote it this way in 1 Peter chapter 5, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When those dark times come, during those dark times, it can feel exhausting, lonely, frustrating, anxious, right? All of those things that darkness cause, we can feel all alone. And David's words are so beautiful. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. David could say that he lived with no fear, not because somehow he was strong enough to overcome any of the darkness, you see, David knew that as a good shepherd, one of the best ways to put your sheep at ease when they were in difficult situations was to remind them that you were there, that you were present with them, that you were guiding them. And that's what David says about our good shepherd too. For you are with me. That was David's reason for no fear. He knew that someone was with him. His good shepherd was guiding him. And those words Form the heartbeat of Psalm 23. You are with me. Let, let me explain. If you were to use a word counter for Psalm 23 in Hebrew, you would come up with the number 55. There are 55 words in the Hebrew, Psalm, in the Hebrew language in Psalm 23. It was a common literary feature when you wrote a poem or wrote something in the Hebrew language to put the most important concept right in the center. And that's exactly what David does when he writes Psalm 23. There are three words, three Hebrew words that form the phrase, for you are with me. There are 26 Hebrew words that come before those three words in Psalm 23 and there are 26 Hebrew words that come after them. You are with me is sandwiched right in the middle of Psalm 23. It's as if David is saying to you and me today, this is it. This is what I want you to take from Psalm 23. This is the truth that I want you to hold on to. You are with me. You see, to David, God's presence was all the difference. When he walked through the darkest periods of his life, God being with him was all that mattered to King David. And he's right, isn't he? 
doesn't it make all the difference for us too? I don't know what dark valley lies in front of you. Maybe something you're even going through right now, but I know what God says. The Lord is with you. I don't know what shadow of death lurks behind you, but Jesus is right by your side. What a comfort that God gives us that promise. David makes it even more pointed in the transition that he makes. Maybe you noticed as we read through Psalm 23 that that David refers to his shepherd in the third person, at least at the start. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Did you notice what happened in verse 4? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you. You are with me, David says. God is not some out there concept that maybe we can rely on and maybe we can't. David says, you, God, you are with me. He makes it personal that God cares about each one of us individually. That was David's answer to having no fear. You, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can you picture that as a shepherd too? As the sheep were afraid, going through some dangerous things, all the shepherd needed to do was pull them in with the rod a little bit, tap them, comfort them, let them know he was there with them to make sure that everything was okay. In the same way our good shepherd watches over us, guides us, reminds us that he's present with us. And then David also says that death is a shadow and only a shadow. Perhaps David is thinking ahead to the fact that the Messiah, Jesus himself, our good shepherd who laid down his life, took the full brunt of death in our place when he died on that cross. You are with me. Those four words form the heartbeat of Psalm 23, but they really form a heartbeat that runs through all of Scripture. God makes that promise over and over and over again that he will never leave us or forsake us. He wants us to hold on to that promise. He wants us to make that the heartbeat of our lives too. It is the heartbeat of Psalm 23, but you can make it your spiritual heartbeat as well. You are with me, the center of your life. Maybe over the course of the last year, like me, you've had to come back to those words over and over again. Every time I got frustrated, every time complaints came off my lips, I tried to remind myself, oh yeah, God's in control. God is with me. God knows what's happening. Psalm 23 drives home that same truth. I could admit, I will admit to you that those words probably didn't come to my mind and to my heart as often as they should have. But it's not too late. It's not too late for me to move forward from today and say those are going to be four words that are going to be at the center of my heart and the center of my life. You are with me. There's nothing that we need to fear because we're never alone. Our Savior is constantly with us. It's the same promise that he made to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That is what God wants for your heart. To make that the heartbeat of your life. To understand that he is with us always. Yes, guiding us through dark times, but then giving us victory over our enemies as well. David goes on in verse 5, he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That picture of preparing a table is one that you probably understand. If you've ever been to a formal dinner, 
You know that people roll out their finest china, the sterling silverware, the beautiful glassware, the cloth napkins, right? That's the picture. To a heavenly banquet, that's what God it sets our table. That's where he invites us. And at that banquet, God is giving us his very finest blessings. And you and I, we're his honored guests. Did you notice what David said, that this banquet is happening in the presence of our enemies? And yet there's no threat. There's no terror when those enemies are present because those enemies have already been defeated. See, David wants you and I to celebrate God's blessings with complete joy, knowing that nothing that stands in God's way will ever win the victory. Yes, Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, but his head has already been crushed by Jesus on the cross. Yes, Jesus said in this world we'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. David uses the picture of anointing. You anoint my head with oil. We often think of anointing maybe in connection with the positions that people held in the Old Testament. Kings and prophets and priests were anointed. But they used anointing when you would welcome someone to your home too. For instance, for a banquet. You might pour a little oil on their head because that aroma, the, the, the feel and the smell of that oil would relax people. It would put them at ease. That's what God wants for you and me too, to be at complete ease knowing, knowing that he is the one who is ruling our lives. One more picture David uses, he says, my cup overflows. I don't know if you've ever gone to a convenience store and gotten one of those mega buddies or big gulps or something like that, but, but think of that. Think of the largest cup that you can have and then that's not big enough to hold all of the blessings that God has in store for you. Our cup literally overflows with more blessings than it can possibly hold. Just consider for a minute what God has done for each one of us. We have peace. We have peace with God. Though our sins should separate us from him forever, God has given us Forgiveness. He's given us forgiveness because he sent the good shepherd to lay down his life for us. We are at one with him. God has given us purpose as we live our lives in this world because we know that something greater is ahead than anything that we could ever experience in this world and that our Savior is with us as he guides us. Our good shepherd guides us to that home and so we listen to his voice. Finally, he's given us a place. You have a seat at the heavenly banquet of God. Every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we get a small taste of that heavenly banquet. As God sets a different table for us, the table of not just bread and wine, but of Jesus' very body and blood. The very body and blood that were offered for you on the cross, that won the forgiveness of sins for you and for me. Yes, we share in the victory. That cup of, of Jesus' blood is the overflowing of God's love for you and for me. And that victory that Jesus won, it's our victory right now and it will be our victory forever in heaven. That's what the Apostle Paul was referring to in Romans chapter 8. We read these words earlier. Listen again to this, these promises of God to you. 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our cup overflows. And that overflowing blessings, those overflowing blessings from God are sealed because we have the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some takeaways from our sermon this morning. Number one, when the dark valleys of life come, our good shepherd is right there with us. That's God's promise. It's what David wants us to take home from this psalm. You are with me, the heartbeat of our lives. Number two, Jesus removes our fears because he has defeated all of our enemies. There's not one thing that can stand in the way of God's desire to save you. God has carried that out. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And number three, our cup overflows with all of God's blessings, both physical and spiritual. You heard that in the Romans 8 reading as well. God didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? There is a practice among shepherds to anoint their sheep with oil. They literally pour oil on the sheep's head. And as I was doing some research this week, I found out there are at least three reasons why shepherds might pour oil on the heads of their sheep. First, they might do it as a cooling agent. When the sheep spend all day in the hot sun, this could actually prevent them from overheating or getting sunstroke or something like that. A second reason that they pour oil on their heads is to heal wounds. That oil provides a healing agent and if you've ever watched sheep in action, you know that they tend to like to use their heads to butt into each other or other things. Then finally, they might put that oil on a sheep's head because it keeps away the fleas and the flies, any kind of parasites that try to settle in the ears and the nose of a sheep that would cause them trouble, the oil is able to repel those creatures. I don't know that that's what David had in mind when he wrote, you anoint my head with oil, but it's a nice picture, isn't it? It's a beautiful picture of what God does for us, that he's provided healing from our wounds of sin. That he continues to watch over us and protect us from the things that threaten us as he guides us to the place where we will be with him at the heavenly banquet forever. That's what our good shepherd does as our companion. He leads us through the dark times of this life. He's defeated our enemies and we have life with him forever in heaven. Spoiler alert, we'll talk a lot more about that next week when we look at the final verse of Psalm 23. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.